I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I'm Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today we're going to talk, uh, topic of our podcast today is Making It Rain, the life of Charles Hatfield. Charles Hatfield was a rainmaker, much like myself, in the <laughs> early 20th I'm a, century. I'm a hail maker, Timmy. <laughs> I see, you throw change, right? I just throw uh, up there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Hatfield and his uh, unique life. Uh, but before we do, let me remind you that uh, we are a comedy podcast. We use adult language. So if adult language offends you, then we would suggest that you try one of the other fine ind- independently produced podcasts out there. Uh, also, we tend to banter, Brandy, as you know. Um, we like we banter- roosters in that way. We're just bantery roosters. We do banter a lot. So if banter offends you then you may want to try a different podcast. But uh, Is that a thing now? Yeah, we got a lot of it. We got a lot of recent reviews about our banter. They, yeah, now, uh, did we? Now, yeah, they, I they hope don't like those our banter. people are still listening because if you don't like the banner, well, Timmy, what do you think that would... Devil, what would you advise these people to do? Fuck off. That's right. Go fuck yourselves. Okay. Let me introduce... Mm-hmm. Continue, Colonel. Continue to ramble. Ugh. Well, I'm just saying, Timmy, we <laughs> have built roll in. a yes. reputation in, in the podcast community uh-huh. as uh, banterers. We class banterers. I, I, it's a skill that we have, have honed over the last four years. We have honed, Brandy. We have honed. Sure. Yes. We've honed that so, skill just like you've honed why? nagging, cri- the crippling nagging that you do to people, devil. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a thing. Let me, yeah, yeah, let, yeah. me, let me point out that we do expect to be in Chicago this July for the uh, podcast festival, True Crime Podcast Yeah, and if festival. you don't like our banner, why don't you yes. come up to Chicago and say it to my face, bitches? Wow. <laughs> We would like to invite all of Just line up at the goddamn us. door. I'll take you one at a time. We are also looking forward to DweebCon 2019, the first uh, weekend of October. So make your plans now, Brandy. Done. It's on my Google calendar. Okay. 
And this Let one, me. Timmy, is what? The Return uh, of the Colonel? Yes, it is the uh, Return of the Colonel. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Colonel's Revenge, where he gets revenge for last year, which, of course, was uh, something to do with Brandy. Something the wrath right. of Brandy. The wrath of Brandy, yes. <laughs> like we don't and this is the return deal with the wrath of, of the Brandy Colonel. every day. <laughs> but we do devil. invite you to meet us in Chicago and meet us in Cincinnati for DweebCon. It's going to be quite the event, Brandy. It always is. Yes. Le- women, leave your bras at home. Right, Colonel? That's right. Leave your bras, bring your condoms. Yes. Yeah. Bring your condoms. We don't need to say that twice, do we? We've already got it. <laughs> Let's let me introduce our panel. I don't know where that was going, but let me introduce. No, our I'm panel. just saying if you're stop. just eating with these people, bring some rubber gloves and some condom because you don't. Never mind. Oh uh, God! Let me introduce our panel. Uh, I am pleased to introduce a lady who is uh, known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her oh. Majesty <laughs> Queen. She's also known for her. Rendezvous with her economics professor and <laughs> yes, oh my god, not rendezvous, rendezvous, her, her trip with her yes. professor and oh her uh, adventures in lesbian softball. Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? I'm not known for any of those things. Oh, you are at all throughout the podcast community. You know, I was on a a, a, a podcast group. It's in it. No, it's you are real podcasters and we were talking and they said oh Jesus. you do that one show with the lesbian softball player <laughs> and I was who like, banged, yeah, who banged her economics who professor. banged her economics professor yeah yeah i love i guess we I can't really call her lesbian then because she'll 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 sleep with anybody for a good grade and for brandy, her she's a good grade this is brandy time right uh, so well, we're talking about brandy so okay we talked about brandy enough thank you brandy <laughs> Brandy, how have you been? We haven't uh, recorded in a couple of weeks. I had the flu. I know. And, I know. Uh, it's been a long time. And uh, obviously, you guys can't do this show without me. So, how have you been, obviously. Brandy? I've been all right. I've been okay. Kind of. It's cold out, so I'm staying kind of holed up in my apartment with my Maybe boys. It's cold out. How is the young uh, Noah? Young Noah is just fine. He's um. He's he's good. He's good. He's still like living with an 80-year-old man, but he's all right. Is he still watching uh, YouTube videos of uh, vasectomies or whatever it was that he was watching? C-sections? Yes. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. We do enjoy a good episode of Dr. Pimple Popper. Okay. Oh, for Christ's oh. sake. That show sure looks pretty gross. I oh, it's say. pretty spectacular. So okay, we well... That. Well, and, your you know, life is fascinating, Brandy. Uh, it's not. Me... I quit smoking. <laughs> oh, yeah. How's that going? You quit smoking it, again? It sucks. It sucks bad. But uh, how, you know. how, how long have you, how long has it been since you smoked? Um, two days. Okay. <laughs> That's so, good. Yeah, it sucks. Children's though. services has not been called to your house, I take it. Not, neither of the cops. So we're, we're hanging in there. Well, good. How many well, times good luck have with you that. quit smoking, Devil? Twice. Twice. I believe there's been a few more times. You always no, get very and, and and you know that I care deeply about you, Devil. 
would not uh-huh. want to hurt your feelings in any way. Uh-huh. But you become a world-class shrew when you quit smoking. I see. You do. I people see. are scared to be around you. And have you thought about the best taking time up, to scare people? But ha, have you thought about taking up vaping instead? Uh, no, I oh, no. I, I forgot you said that. You know that was that was kind of a there he is. <laughs> oh, I, the you, sweet you, you wasn't, I don't want to say how you describe vaping before, Brandy. I'll just I'll just pass on that. We'll just move on. That's fine. Uh, but it had something to do with questioning Chuck's sexuality, I believe. But Chuck, uh, let me introduce a, a man who needs no introduction, Brandy. A man who is known uh, as an oasis in the desert of despair. The very, <laughs> a man who is known uh, as the Yoda of podcasting, the most dangerous man oh, in podcasting not. today. The very honorable, the Reverend Colonel Charles Bolregard, Hawkwaters III. Affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm not good, Timmy. No, I'm good. good. What, what's wrong, Colonel? Well, you Is know, we're, we're recording on Sunday morning. Yes. Um, I've already done one service this morning, one church service. Um, had to go in front of a bunch of people who just aren't living right, Timmy. Now yeah. I got to do this podcast. And the devil, just being on the line with us, she kind of soils your soul, you know. And now... I got to go back to my noon service and try to save a bunch of people's souls when I feel like the devil has weakened my goodness. Well, Colonel, you know, a lot of our listeners depend upon you for their salvation. And for their because, spiritual guidance. Yeah, there's, as you know, Colonel, that some of our listeners are have strayed. They've, they've gone astray. And uh, they look to you for that for that guidance. So well, I, I'm and glad here's you're here. How you need to think about this, Timmy. If you think Amber Group and Cali are bad now, mm-hmm. think about what how it would be without the Colonel's positive influence on. Well, that's a, he's got a point there, Brandy. Think about Terry you know, Strafford without without the. Colonel's oh, for Christ's sake, Malachi, he'd be yes, off the no. rails. Look. I'm missing the Ted Bundy tapes to talk to you people. <laughs> let's let's get this going. Okay. And uh, speaking of Ted Bundy, uh, we've we've done a, we've done a lot of strange podcasts in the last few, but we have some serial killers coming up. So I just wanted to let people know because people get mad when we don't do serial killers. So we have some coming Your up. Mom. We're not. Your we mom don't have one. She, she does. She killers. does. But we have some coming up. So if you like murder and mayhem. You know, stay tuned because we're going to cover it. But today we're going to talk about the life of Charles Hatfield Brandy. His friends called him Chuck. You know, Dottie just turned us off, right? Yeah, she yeah it has to be off. some murders involved before. No mass bodies. I'll skip to the next episode. Yeah. So at the turn of the 20th century, Brandy, an odd little man named Charles Hatfield traveled uh, the western part of the United States, claiming he could br- uh, bring rain to drought-stricken communities. Have you ever lived in a drought-stricken community, Brandy? Well, sure. Not right. nothing like California, but, you know, we had a drought. Brandy lives in a constant spiritual drought, Timmy. <laughs> oh, my God. His soul is as dry as the Sahara Desert. Here's like a soulless twat. I don't want to hear anything out of you. About here's, me. A tri- here's a trivia question for you, Brandy. Are there deserts in the ocean? What kind of deserts? 
like uh, food desert, not dessert. You can't answer a hard question, Timmy. Okay, Colonel, I ask you: Are there deserts? There in are the indeed ocean? deserts in the ocean, Timmy. And why is that, Colonel? How is that? How is it? Well, first you have islands that pop up in the desert, but below the de- below the ocean, Timmy, you have deserts. No, that's wrong. Uh, desert uh, <laughs> deserts are designated by <laughs> the annual rainfall. So you guess. You know, parts of the ocean that doesn't receive rainfall during the year. So, anyway, that was my trivia for today, Brandy. Making you a little smarter today than more smarter today than you were yesterday. More smarter. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> in nineteen fifteen, <laughs> Colonel Charles Hatfield was hired by the city of San Diego to provide some much-needed relief. They wanted him to make it rain, Colonel. I know the women like it when you make it rain. <laughs> they do. Uh, this is a whole city came to uh, Charles Hatfield and asked him to make it rain. And the results, Colonel, was unexpected. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But let me give you a little background on Chuck Brandy. Chuck Hatfield. Perfect. Rainmaking. Now, this is before he got into the big feud with the McCoys, right? Yeah, yeah not the same guy. Okay. Uh, although we do have a, uh interesting story about the feud coming up in a few episodes. I doubt so it. Stay tuned. Rainmaking brandy, also known as artificial precipitation. Yes. Wait a minute. Artificial participation. Precipitation. Artificial artificial ejaculation. Artificial rainfall and pluviculture. Pluviculture is the act of attempting attempting to artificially induce uh, rain, usually staved off uh, to stave off drought. Which is why Which you want really what that's most for. of the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, now, according to the clouds, different physical properties, Brandy, this can be done using airplanes or rockets to sow the clouds uh, with catalysts such as dry ice, uh, silver iodide, and salt powder. Have you ever had salt powder there, Colonel? What about saltpeter? I had salt powder. I, had, I never had no saltpeter. You know, they used to do that in the jailhouses, put saltpeter in the water. Make you, it makes it hard to get a boner when you got saltpeter in you. Well, ugh. to make... Uh, I can still do it. Anyway, the they, 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 this was a, the way that they used to try to make it rain, right? And uh, so that was, of course, uh, back in the day, or even today, when communities suffer from droughts, uh, they look for any opportunity to make it rain before advanced um, meteorology communities suffering droughts throughout the world attempted to bring rain through several different methods including prayer colonel that you're familiar with i've done it of course rain dancing brandy i know you've done some rain dancing in your in your i've seen you rain dance though i've seen seen the devil rain twerk before timmy i've made it rain and even they, they even Human sacrifices were used, Brandy. For we need to we need to do a, a podcast on human sacrifices because they're kind of no. fascinating. Well, Here you know, we've you're done in charge of that shit. I know. We've done chickens, but we just want uh, just some light precipitation to me. We I see. Whole nine yards. We just wanted nine. it to sprinkle. Yeah, <laughs> we just wanted our, our lawns watered. We didn't want crops yeah. to grow or anything, so we just used chickens. Some communities became so desperate for rain, they uh, they would turn to con men, Colonel, 
who promised to make it rain for a price. Often, after the fee was paid, the quote-unquote rainmaker would sneak out of town, leaving the community dry and broke. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? That's shitty. Yeah, the term rainmaker... The term rainmaker may sound as though it came straight from the ancient world. And in the 20th century, many of the salesmen who promised farmers and others that they uh, had the answers to all their problems. Of course, these were common, right? For a fee, these commons would apply their trade of pseudoscience, not unlike the magic of spells. Then rain would be promised. Uh, they would make these you know, they do a little dance or whatever to induce the rain. Do a little, a little dance, love. make a little love. They just get down that night, right, Timmy? And promise to make it rain for a song. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, in, in the United States. Down, make a little love. Get down tonight. Get down the, tonight. Amazing. In the United States, rainmaking uh, was attempted by traveling showmen. It was practiced in the Old West, uh, but may have uh, reached its peak during the Dust Bowl uh, in the 1930s because, you know, communities were so desperate. In 1915, the city of San Diego, California, was experiencing one of the worst droughts in U.S. history. Southern California had gone months without rainfall. Uh, There was this local reservoir, the Marina Marina Reservoir, Marino. Uh, And it was bone dry, Brandy. And the city government desperately searched for a solution. Desperate to end the dry spell, the city council, San Diego City Council, hired a a self-proclaimed moisture accelerator, accelerator. (laughs) Charles Hatfield, to fill the uh, reservoir. (laughs) He did that, Brandy, and much, much more we're going to talk about. So he, uh, okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Charles, the, uh, what do we call him? A moisture accelerator. I was telling you about his accelerator. Yeah, his, uh, his early life, Brandy. It's all about branding. Before, (laughs) it is, it really is. Before summoning rain, uh, Charles Hatfield uh, was but a humble sewing machine salesman, Colonel from Kansas. Of course, our good friends from Kansas, right? You're a good friend, Mm -hmm. Colonel. My um <clears throat> no no Midwest. Your co-host of but Rants my, and Reason. She's from the Midwest. Yeah, not from Kansas. Oh, I thought I she's thought she's from Kansas. But okay. you know, my better friend, somebody who I like much more. Yes. Um, Stephen Potts fixes sewing machines, Timmy. I did not know stuff. that. Yes, yeah, he does. Okay. Does he do that as a job or on the side? Because I can't imagine there's a huge demand. Colonel, do you know? Captain. Mm, nothing. No, he, that's his full-time living. Okay. Really? He, he must do yeah. industrial ones. So, if you need your sewing machine fixed, check, uh, reach out to our good friend, Stephen Potts. Good guy. Okay, so, uh, this guy, this uh, Charles Heffield, though, he, he sold sewing machines. He's from Kansas. Uh, he was you know, had a Quaker background, Brandy. Of course, you're familiar with the Quakers. Uh, and that kind of allowed okay. him to gain, tri- well, Mormons, Quakers, same thing. He allowed him to gain trust Not among his clientele, uh, clientele in the rainmaking business because they trusted him. He was a Quaker, for Christ's sake. Anyway, Charles was born on July 15th, Colonel, 1875 in Scott, Kansas. Fort Scott. I, I, oh, Fort Scott, Kansas. Uh, I really thought that uh, 
I thought Shelly was from Kansas. He's, she's not girl. Nebraska, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Well, same thing. Really? <laughs> There's still a territory, right? <laughs> He's not hey, paying any attention. I'm, I'm listening. I don't know if, Can- if Nebraska's actually been made a state yet, Timmy. Yeah. I think they well, only got like 36 medicine. people that live there. So <laughs> Charles, <laughs> and they're spread out over a thousand miles. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Charles David Hatfield was born on July 15, 1875 in Fort, Can- Fort Scott, Kansas, as Brandy mentioned. His father's name was Eugene. He was a chemist, Brandy, and his mother mother's name was Eliza, and she was a homemaker. She made homes. Oh, excellent. Charles had three younger brothers and two younger sisters, none of whom are important to this story. Excellent. Charles' mother, Charles's mother was a Quaker, and she insisted that each of her children read the Bible and discuss chapters of the Bible every evening after supper, Brandy. Charles's father, you <laughs> Charles's father was Eugene. He was a chemist. He was agnostic and did not attend church or participate in the Bible studies, Brandy. However, he was supportive of his wife and insisted that the children attend church on a regular basis. Uh, Charles loved his mother dearly, but was always trying to get close to closer to his father. He wanted to make his father proud. Uh, his father spent most of his free time conducting chemical experience experiments in a makeshift lab that was built by converting the family barn. Your thoughts on That's that, funny. That's funny. He's like Sheldon. He's just making Yeah, his, his, dad, his dad. Yeah. Now, Eugene would spend every hours every evening and on weekends uh, conjuring up different types of formulas, you know. And he's a chemist. Charles would serve as uh, his father's lab assistant colonel as his father sought to find cures from everything from cancer to rheumatism. It was Eugene's dream to patent a product that would make him rich so that he could pursue his experiments full time. Eugene's uh, would Eugene would not live to see his dream come true. However, Brandy. On January 22nd, 1887, Eugene was working on an experiment involving nitroglycerin. You know this is not going to end well. Oh, my God. It was typically going in well, Timmy. I don't want to laugh. There was an explosion, and the lab... (laughs) Inevitable explosion. And the lab lab was uh, totally destroyed. Charles' father, Charles's father, Eugene, died in the explosion. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's terrible. That's not a laugh at. It's not terrible. It's stupid. <laughs> now, as Charles was the oldest child, he dropped out of school and started work, working full-time to support his mother and siblings. Charles uh, took uh, many different types of jobs, including working as a farm laborer, a janitor, a streetcar conductor, and he also worked in a shipyard. All right. I'm not sure what kind of shipyards, how many shipyards they are in Kansas, but okay. Hey. Don't don't question the research, Brandy. Charles, Charles even worked for a while as an errand boy at a local brothel, although his mother frowned upon his job. Uh, the job uh, Charles liked the most, however. Uh, he wasn't was, a dick inspector, was he? No, he? no, the job that he liked most was that of a produce salesman. 
He sold produce, Brandy. Well, who wouldn't? Uh, he, should, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just, I know it was a different time. Like, I get all that. But, you know, shouldn't his mother go to work, too? Or is she just still staying at home with all these dozens yeah, of kids? Yeah, she's got a lot of kids. And she's, you know, I'm sure she's she has things to do. Keeps her busy. She darn socks, probably, for example. Wow. So you have the whatever. I know this was done. It just doesn't make it right. Let me ask you a question, Brandy. Do you ever darn socks? Do you know how long do not. it takes to darn socks for a- she? You know what? She doesn't even cook dinner, Timmy. She's not going to be darning socks. Yeah. First of all, I do cook dinner. Second of all, no, I've never darned socks. All right. Well, then uh, throwing a bag of Taco Bell I've- on the table and says, go get it. <laughs> no, it's not cooking dinner. Well, first of all, that's stupid. Like Noah would eat Taco Bell. Second of all, I I cook dinner lots. I'm getting ready to make a batch of. Uh, I'm getting ready to make a pot of soup here in a little bit. Homemade soup, fuckers. So chew on that, and I will not bring you any, Tim. You wouldn't eat it anyway. And Chuck, it will be delicious, and you can't have any. I've never darned socks. I've damned a few damn pair of pants before. See, if you darn socks, you would know how much time is involved in that. You wouldn't. Be I don't think for, it's very much time. You wouldn't be damning uh, his mom with, uh, you know, damning her I think, because I don't think it takes very long. Huh. I think you. Can how would you know? I think you can darn a sock in about five minutes. Do you think anyone on our Facebook page know, ever darn socks? Yes. Oh, we got all kinds of people to darn socks, Timmy. Really? For yes. example, Colonel, who would you? Alicia Mincy. You think yeah. Alicia darn socks? I, I, you I know bet, who I bet. I I, bet you know who I bet could do Sarah. anything. Mm-hmm. Diane Trowbridge, Timmy. Oh, I, I don't know if she, she darn uh, socks. Yeah. But if she wanted to, she could. I, that I bet you're is, probably is, right. Is somebody who could who, who could just you could throw her out in the middle of the woods, Timmy. She'd survive better than we do in a in a luxury condo. Yes. Well, she killed Clark first. <laughs> oh, that's true. A lot of meat there. Okay, so uh, Charles had uh, he he liked selling produce. That's the job he liked, and he had a vibrant personality and was well liked by almost everyone he met. So the occupation as salesman was well suited for him. A few months after his father's death, Charles uh, rebuilt the chemical lab, uh, you know, the one that blew up, and he would sell produce um, throughout the day, and like his father, and then he would experiment in the evenings. So he's back to doing experiments in the lab. Good Lord. Although Charles was bright and engaging, he was unable to further his studies as he needed to support, you know, his family, his mom, his brothers and sisters. He made enough money to provide for the family and eventually to send all of his siblings, his five siblings, to college. But Charles himself did not go because he couldn't afford it. He He continued to spend his free time working in the lab and dreaming, like his father, of developing a cure for dreaded disease or or some other, you know, creating something else that would, uh, you know, serve mankind and also make him rich beyond his dreams. Over the next several years, he was a dreamer, uh, Colonel. But, you know, he really wasn't the only one. No. Yeah. Well, someday we can join him. <laughs> Over the uh, next several years, Charles worked on cures for polio. Would it be nice if the world could live as one? It really it would. would. It would be. He worked on cures for polio, tuberculosis, smallpox, and typh- typhus. 
Did you hear think, tuberculosis is making a comeback? Just by the is. way, well, I used to do that. I used to work in the same building as a TB clinic, and I, I <clears> was convinced I was going to get the the consumption. I was convinced of it. I might still yes. Of course, my stepfather, Timmy, Timmy, not to get off track here, but my stepfather's oh. from Tennessee. Yes, and his father died of the consumption. Uh huh. And a couple months later, his oldest brother died of the consumption. Uh-huh. And they were deep in the mountains of Tennessee. I mean, there was moonshining people. And his daddy was a preacher, but a moonshiner. And then his mama got the consumption. So they put her in the hospital. The county came and grabbed all the kids to take them to an orphanage. And on the way to the orphanage, Timmy, uh-huh. my stepfather started coughing up copious amounts of blood. Mm. And they Copious, sent him Brandy. up yes. to Dunham Hospital, which was a sanitarium mm-hmm. up here in Cincinnati, and where he spent two and one half years, Timmy. That's uh, almost three, Brandy. Almost three. It is. He has and scars on his back that run from unrelated. his shoulder back down to his hips from where they cut him open, Timmy. Did he die of the oh, consumption? They him. No, he no. No, he was only about eighteen. He was about fifteen when he got here. But seriously, we had we used to have a sanitarium right here in Cincinnati, a big one, one of the bigger ones in the country. And he uh, spent two and a half years in there, Timmy, before he recovered from the consumption. Well, I'm glad it. I'm glad he survived. About half the people died. Well, which is why Charles was working so feverishly to develop a cure. <clears throat> But the experiments uh, that meant the most to Charles was the ones in which he hoped <clears throat> to, that would lead to making it rain. Uh, living in the Midwest, Kansas, as we said, he witnessed firsthand the devastation caused by extreme weather conditions. In the winter, Kansas would experience harsh winters uh, with heavy snowfall. And in the summer, it would uh, be hit by extreme heat and drought. The drought would cause farmers to lose their crops and limit their earning potential. It also increased, of course, the cost of food products. So he was dedicated, Brandy, to making the world a better place, uh, unlike yourself. Well, of course. Uh, so, so tell us what happens next, Brandy, in this fascinating tale. I, I will. So at this point, Charles owned his own produce company. And during droughts, the price of produce would, of course, skyrocket, affecting farmers and his customers. So Charles worked hard to develop a formula that he could use to make it rain. He studied pluviculture, which is the art of making it rain, and developed his own methods for rain production. Because, because Colonel, you got to know just when to put that dollar bill down, you know, in the panty of the uh, stripper. You want yeah, to time if, it just if right. you're just a, a minute early, that. Timmy, or just yeah. a minute later, yeah, it yeah. don't work. Yeah. So you have to study that, Brandy. Yeah, I see. Brandy, By when 19... you're playing softball, and 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 the the, the person who, like you're on the on deck circle, and the woman in front of you hits a home run, and they're celebrating. She's coming around. She's rounding the bases. Everyone's giving her a high five. Do you ever stop at home plate and give her a deep French kiss? <laughs> they used to do that all the time. <clears throat> no, no, I can't say that that ever happened. I've never seen that happen. Happens all the time in my mind. Mm, I know it in does. My head too. In my head By too. 19... Girls steal second base. The whole team runs out. 
like, oh, thank you. No. <laughs> no. Did you have then, pillow but... fights? Did you have pillow fights? No. No. In my oh. mind, girls softball teams have pillow fights. How about you, Colonel? Well, they should have pillow fights. Yeah. Oh. No bras. They just, mm-hmm. just, uh-huh. By 1902, Charles had created a mixture of 23 chemicals in evaporating tanks, which he claimed attracted rain. Colonel, I can't think. I can't. I, I wouldn't think that we were the only one who thinks of that. And, and you know, Charles Hatfield dubbed himself, and you're going to get in. But I have been called this before, too. Now, go ahead. Tell, you haven't. Tell, tell, tell him what Charles dubbed himself. And I didn't have Charles. to dub myself this. I was known as. Okay. Charles Hatfield and nobody else on this earth ever in life ever dubbed himself, which nobody else has ever called themselves ever because it's stupid and creepy. A no, I'm moisture just accelerator. A moisture, moisture accelerator. <laughs> that yeah. is, I, I have been, I have been known as an oasis in the desert of despair, the Yoda of podcasting and a moisture accelerator. You've never been called that. <laughs> I've, I've been, I've had that, Monocle, you know, you have Timmy. I, you have. I've, I've, I've said I've that monocle. That You've had yeah. that monocle, have you? <laughs> yeah, I have. It's it, 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 it a big <laughs> podcast convention in Las Vegas. They introduced Timmy as the <laughs> panty dropping moisture accelerating Timmy Scott. First of all, I think that you are confusing moisture accelerator with vomit inducing. <laughs> so I really think you need to look those words up. But Charles. You we know, think, I, you think that women oh can control God. themselves, Colonel, when they're around us, but they can't. It's hard for them. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. yeah, and I, yeah. I, I can you fault them, Timmy? Look at us. Look well, at I, I, I'm embarrassed uh, for them at some, at some point. Well, yeah, you know, it's a, I mean, you know, you know, they have to, I, they make I a mess. They have to change their clothes. I mean, it's yeah, Jesus. So, I want, I want you guys to. <laughs> this is funny. Charles believed he could instigate rainfall by evaporating mixtures of dynamite, nitroglycerin, and other ingredients into the air from man-made towers that he built. That you know, it seems nothing like, from his dad. Nothing. It seems like that could make it rain, but it would be raining body parts. Body parts, <laughs> shrapnel. I mean, yeah. just so many things. Well, you know, it, would, it is an effective method for fishing. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, Charles is known for clearing out enemy villages. <laughs> it's dark, but I don't know about rain. <clears throat> well, Charles's process seemed to be an early form of cloud seeding. See? Or the process of sending chemicals into the air that would react with the elements in the cloud to produce particles of precipitation. Now, Charles, now, I know you've, you've, you've acquired a certain level of fame. And certain level, you know, something that you don't like to talk about because I, I, I famous, I, I know it's embarrassing to you, but Brandy, uh, something that you know has you, know, if you want to have a little podcaster, uh, a, a podcaster who you want to, if you want to raise a podcaster, a lot of women have come to the colonel asking that he provide the seed. To which Ew. they can raise a successful podcast. Oh, God. Ew. Oh. I'm, I'm, I know, I know you, you're embarrassed to talk about it, Colonel, but... Oh. If you, if nobody's you done tell, that. 
<laughs> tell Nobody's us about the, that. the uh, tell us about that whole process. Why? And, well, why? kind of no. a secret process. I mean, not, and and, I, and I'm I'm on the Either dark web as a seed salesman. That's what oh, they call me, a seed salesman. Uh, and and does anybody now when they when they talk about seeding clouds now for the rain? Does mm-hmm. anybody think of a bunch of guys in those prop planes just spanking a monkey over the? No, over the cloud? nobody thinks of that. <laughs> no, no one accepts you. you know you <laughs> no one accepts you. <laughs> I'm seeding the clouds. But, but Colonel, <laughs> seriously, are you? Is that something that you would do if there was, say, someone out there who wanted to raise a podcaster with, you know, someone no. uh, unique nobody talent? Wants that. Nobody and of course, it would that. be in a, st- a sterile clinical environment. Of course, well, sure, it wouldn't be in a seedy bathroom hotel. No, but a bathroom uh, or hotel, a hotel, a hotel and a bathroom. <laughs> but nobody wants I that. Have, I have, uh, and and I really, I, I've signed some non-disclosures, so I, I can't really get too tapes. deep into it. That's all I want to do. But I NASA, NASA, now I'm not going to eat. The Navy SEALs, so grossed out. Nobody um, wants his baby batter. Mental. So they have nobody all, wants that. They have all. I don't even think Renee took it willingly. <laughs> I don't even think Renee took it willingly. I think he, she was asleep. <laughs> I have. I, I've sold about. Well, I, and now I've, I understand that you're now on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I am on Instagram. Well, the kids are. Hawk Walters, and mm-hmm. it's uh, pretty much all Rudy all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the Rudy channel. And Rudy has grown quite popular. Yes. All right. So, Colonel, you 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 are going. You're saying now that you will you you can no longer uh, provide the seed uh, that women seek. Well, Timmy, you know I had the uh, <clears throat> the neutering done to me. Yes, and that was really oh government ordered because they were afraid. Timmy, who was afraid? He was a fear. No, and it was done by a vet. People That's were why. trying to create. Uh, that the superior race to me, a superhuman, a superhuman, what? yeah. <clears throat> they were ge- trying to make a genetically modified superhuman out of my DNA to me. They weren't, so, they did. They weren't. No, they were trying to make a little balding, slightly chubby <laughs> labbermouth. And look what, and nobody's doing that. Nobody wants well, we that. Her cool. well, well, nobody wants that. Yes, but so Colonel, you're here to say that uh, you are no longer in the uh, seating business. I am no longer in the seating business to me. I'm not, right. but I do still get that vision when people say cloud seating of like a guy climbing out of the plane of his nobody has you know, that. on the wing nobody of his prop plane and like, oh, cloud, oh, you bitch, you gonna. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get it now. Oh, here you go. Nobody thinks that. Your thoughts when on that, last time you ever? When was the last time you ever even heard the words cloud seeding? <laughs> I mean, it's not in your... It's not your everyday vernacular. Where, where, when, never. So you never. Nobody ever thinks that. You're weird and gross. So well, let's get on with the story, Brandy. This is ridiculous. It is too much, too much banter. Timmy, eventually it would hit the ground, so you would actually be oh, or someone's it. hair, or someone's hair, <laughs> or forehead looking up like, what is that? Oh. <laughs> but you know, so, Brandy, uh, sperm oh is good for the women's hair. <clears throat> It is. It's, All right. Yeah. Time protein. So, it's, it's a type of shampoo. Yeah. It's not. For, for all you on the keto diet. Nope. It has <laughs> no carbs. Nope. <laughs> so him doing, him cloud seeding um, is certainly a more scientific sounding process than, say, a rain dance. Yes. Experts today still debate the effectiveness of cloud seeding, which is why you haven't heard of it. In 100 years. In 1897, Charles believed he developed the right potion to induce rainfall. He never would patent his formula and refused to share it, even with his brother Miles, who worked as Charles's assistant most of his life. Charles was so busy with his experiments and produce company that he didn't have much of a social life. Although everyone in the community liked Charles, he... (laughs) And he was considered one of the town's most eligible bachelors. He well, didn't date much, probably because he only had, you know, three fingers on one hand. Well, and he, he was he was raising his brothers and sisters. He was a responsible young man. Uh-huh. He preferred to spend time in the lab with his chemicals. Hmm. One of you is making meth. On March 12th, 1902, when Charles was 26 years old, his mother, Eliza, died of a stroke. Oh, Charles was devastated. Bet he was. His brothers, his brothers and sisters were already married or attending the university. Charles no longer had any reason to stay in Kansas. So shortly after his mother's death, Charles decided to move to California to start a new life. He responded to a one ad for a traveling salesman. The Singer Sewing Machine Company was looking for a man with sales experience to serve uh, its sales district in Southern California. Charles applied for the position and soon packed up his chemicals in a small suitcase and headed out west, like the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Charles soon became the most successful White sewing gold. machine. Timmy, that's what I used to call it, actually, when I was selling it. White gold. Jane Hathaway was not the most attractive woman in the world. I'd do her. <laughs> Granny? <laughs> Granny? No, Jane Hathaway. Jane Hathaway. You know Granny was wild in bed. <clears throat> oh, are you talking about the lady at the bank? Yes. Oh, yeah, no. No. All right. You so, know Granny would like, oh, oh, yeah, right there. Grab my glee. Grab my glee. Grab my glee. Oh, yeah. Granny, granny always said she had a grab and a glee. Yeah. He spent more than 200 days of the year on the road. During his spare time, he continued to perfect his rainmaking abilities. In addition to selling sewing machines, Charles would often help communities by making it rain. Charles would charge farmers in drought-stricken areas 
$50 to summon a rainstorm. Unlike a the con men, uh, let's see. Unlike the con men the farmers were used to, Charles wouldn't charge the farmers until he produced results. Time well, that's time fair, again, Brandy. That's fair. Well, yeah, time and time again, Charles Hatfield successfully bought, brought communities much-needed rain. His reputation as a rainmaker soon exceeded his reputation as a salesman. Soon, Charles' b- prices began to rise, and it wasn't long he was charging communities $1,000 per inch of rain he produced. Damn. I know, right? In 19- you know, if you was just, if you could just go and start in, like, say, a place like Iowa, where they were getting really severe thunderstorms, and get about 500 miles, just drive real fast, and hit a town, and say, well, you, know you give me $3,000, I'm going to make it rain in two days. <laughs> And that's what they think the uh, successful uh, rainmakers did, that they were yeah, just they better. Just, they, just, they were just good at meteorology. You know, they storm were just chasing. Good at, yeah. Mm-hmm. In 1906, Charles charged gold panners in the Yukon $10,000 for rain. The rain didn't happen, and Charles left town with $1,100 in his pocket, which he had claimed for his expenses before blasting started. The failure led Charles back to the lab where he worked hard to enhance his formula to ensure he would not experience failure again. After spending two months in the lab working 18-hour days, Charles was able to enhance his product and was quite certain now he could make it rain anywhere on Earth. The city of San Diego had long had problems with water supply. Since the city has little in the way of natural water sources, It relies heavily on reservoirs, which run dry during an extreme drought. This is exactly what happened in in late 1915, after weeks without rain and consequently brought the desperate San Diego City Council to turn to Charles Hatfield. Despite the protest of one council member who ruled the idea nothing but foolishness. The 40-year-old rainmaker made a deal with the city in which he would either fill the marina reservoir or induce between 30 and 50 centimeters of rain at the cost of ten thousand dollars to be paid after the shower started of course the council amazingly agreed to the proposal albeit verbally only and charles together with his younger brother miles constructed a tower where he would conduct his secret work so basically a non-binding resolution is what they had (laughs) sure In early January 1916, it began to rain over San Diego after an extended drought. The wife of the local dam keeper recalled how, on a visit to Charles Hatfield Tower during the early days of the drizzle, she declared, it's sure raining now, to which Hatfield replied, you haven't seen anything yet. Wait two weeks and it will really rain. Charles started on January 1st of 1916. On January 5th, it began to rain and rain and rain and rain. At first, San, San Diegans rejoiced in Charles Hatfield's fulfillment of his promise, with one newspaper joyfully proclaiming, Rainmaker Hatfield induces clouds to open. It seemed their prayers had been answered. But it wasn't long before the entire area was deluged. <laughs> and, <clears throat> hey, much you like that. He did what he like, said he was going to do. He did. He did. Yeah. So now the place uh, is flooded. Right. 
Local farmers lost entire crops due to rain. <laughs> roads were wiped off. Be careful what you wish for. Roads, roads were wiped off the map. Landslides caused millions of dollars worth of damage. Uh, Motherfucker frogs coming down. Right. I mean, crickets, whatever. This motherfucker was like, these people became hey, Job. He made it rain. Uh, people, people had to leave the area to take <laughs> refuge from the rising water levels. Charles had promised some rain and <clears throat> delivered a flood. Finally, you know, 15 days. He's a man careful. of his word, Brandy. You know what this yeah. reminds me of, Timmy? Mm. Timmy once there was a man walking along a beach, Timmy. Uh-huh. And he came upon a little lamp. And he started rubbing the lamp to me. Oh, uh, God. And a genie popped out of the lamp. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grant you one wish, Jimmy. And this one? You guys thinking, and yeah, because this was, this was a, an apprentice genie. It wasn't a real genie. He was an apprentice. Yeah. And as you can see, it goes drastically wrong. And uh, the guy was, the guy had lived his whole life with a, with a small member, Timmy. So he's talking about penis brandy. Thank you. I, I'm trying to be delicate here in front of the ladies, but mm-hmm. so right. He thought, you know, I want to make my living in porn. That would be the best thing in the world if I had the biggest one ever. So he says oh, it, to the it's genie, a curse. "It's a curse." <laughs> I know it. Uh, you know, uh. you know, pre- preaching to the choir, Timmy. Preaching <laughs> to the choir. So anyway, what the what the guy said was, you know what. I'd like my dick to touch the ground. Ugh. And boom, his legs was gone, Timmy. <laughs> what do you think about so that? You got to be careful what you ask for, devil. Yeah. Hey, do you know That's... on I Dream of Jeannie, don't you think he should have banged her? I think I he did he eventually. I, see, it scares me to think that of would, what That would be the first thing that come to my mind. Yeah, but you know, in the middle of uh, in the middle of things, Timmy, you're liable to ask for stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you got to be careful when you have a genie. That's that's the point right. of this. Uh, yeah, this, that's the he, point he's trying to make. Like genie, you're banging the genie, and it's like, oh, you know, you say something out of line. That'd be great if he had a point. <clears throat> that would be great. The next thing you know, you know, you, the genie's granted your wish, and Brandy, do women really care if men are endowed or not? Uh, no, if you can, I mean, it, Matt, it does matter, but not if you can make up for it in other ways. Which would you say is more important? So basically, if you got, if you got money is what you're saying. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) That helps. uh, Of the two devil, we need an expert opinion. You've seen many a penis in your day. Um, would you say penis? Yeah. Would you say it's the length or the girth devil? What? I mean, no, you're kind I'm of a not, penis expert. Oh, no, I'm not. You could write a Pen- book on penis. Look, my no, I'm not writing a. I'm not writing a coffee table book on peni. Can we just move forward here? Just ask you for an opinion. I don't. Yeah, a lot of I, people value your penis opinion. They do. They don't want to know, devil. Now, see, you, you say. So, the economics Girth. professor, Girth. aside from a good grade, always better. 
he was very Girth smart. is a funny word. It is a funny word, but that's Girthy. what matters. Girthy. Because mm-hmm. if it's very long, then it just, it hurts. It hits your cervix. It just is ridiculous. So, there. Happy? Okay. Can we move on now? Well, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's so really what you're saying, listeners. it's better it's better to shake the walls than to hit the ceiling. Yes. Okay. Okay. Finally. Well, some of us can do over. both. <laughs> Finally. Tim, they called Timmy the house wrecker Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking the walls. Touching the <laughs> no, wrecking ball. That's what they call him. Timmy wrecking, wrecking ball. ball. To me, the wrecking ball. He Lionel Richie right. dancing on the ceiling. Finally. Yeah, I know, you know oh, what? God. I don't like Lionel Richie making that video where he pretends he's blind and he ain't no blinder than me. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, when, when, that takes blind. he's stalking the woman. That's a stalker. They talked about th- that song all winter. Baby is cold outside. But hello? Yeah. When he's pretending he's blind? That's some creepy that's, ass that's, shit right yeah, there. Nobody ever right. called him on it. Minute. You know what you should do is rewatch that video because he doesn't pretend he's blind, but that's okay. I know he you two. It just worked out. out. It's not. It's, it's, no, it's, he doesn't. It's really not like cool to pretend you have a disability and you don't. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you think he could really, you think that she could really make a do like sculpture if she was blind? Right. I don't. I don't know. I I think that there are people that can do that kind of stuff. Yeah, not her. How do you know? I'm just calling bullshit on the whole thing because he he was not blind. She's not blind, and they're 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 pretending to have a disability to sell records, and I don't think that's right. Yeah. And you want to defend it? That's up to you. But I don't <laughs> like people making their fortunes off people with disabilities. The Colonel and I would not stand for it. Especially the people selling those Braille CDs. Yeah, what do you? I'm making a bourbon. She's eating popcorn again, Timmy. No, I'm not. I'm putting ice in a glass. I'm making bourbon. Leave me alone. It's close enough to noon. Now, hey, only four hours away. What? uh, What happens next? So, so he makes this uh, the San Diego floods because of uh, young Charles. All right, what happens next, Brandy? So finally. 15 days after started after it started to rain, it stopped. But then it started to rain again two days later. Well, you can't rained. be responsible for that. I mean, he this did it. That. It stopped. I mean, is he going to hold him responsible for weather for a year? Well, so finally, uh, so it rained from January 22nd through the 27th. Uh, after the second week of rain... People grew ready for a break. Right. Joy turned into apprehension, well, so, and, yeah. then, and then to dismay. Oh, let's see. Where'd it go? Uh, oh, as the rain turned to storms and water overflowed the reservoirs. The Uh-oh. reservoir overflow created floods on major streets, washed out bridges, took down telephone lines, changed the geography of some of the canyons, and then... When a dam burst, the excessive water killed at least 20 people. So the deluge became known as the Hatfield Flood, which I think is unfair because you wow. know, he was doing what he was asked. 
See, this is, this reminds me of a, a, a an incident that took place here, Timmy. Yes. And this yes. is again where you got to be careful. You got to be specific in what you're asking for. Mm-hmm. And at the house, one time I was asked to light a candle. Mm-hmm. So I set the coffee table on fire. <laughs> the candle was on the coffee table. You got to be careful what you ask for, Brandy. Yeah. And Jeez. people all got mad at me, and I was like, the candle's burning right there. What's your problem? You asked me to do it. I did it. Uh, everything was such a mess that Charles Hatfield had to pick his way through a disaster zone to ask for his money. <laughs> now, that guy, that you know what he did? Yeah. Him and his wheelbarrow calling his, carrying his balls. Walked up to the same exactly. and said, He yeah, did what he was now. asked to do. They didn't have the drought issue anymore. Well, evidently, this the is city... back before we had FEMA, so they wasn't getting tons of government money rolling in there. Well, That's true. The city basically told him to go fuck himself, and it, their refusal was mostly due to the efforts of city attorney Terrence Byrne Cosgrove. Cosgrove had never believed that Hatfield could make it rain, and in any case, he wasn't going to pay him for a flood. That seems like a dick move. Uh, he took Hatfield's agreement, written like a sales pitch instead of a contract, and metaphorically ripped it to shreds. Now, how do you metaphorically rip something to shreds? You either do I it know, or reading. If a motherfucker can make it script. flood, I don't think I'd be fucking with him. I think I'd no, because you away. know what I you know what I just said. I just said you know what. Look here, motherfucker. Make it stop. That's yeah. what telling. <laughs> I'll give you $2 million to make it stop. Or you give me $2 exactly. million to make it stop. And if you don't pay me my goddamn money, lightning, tornadoes, hurricanes, and thunder frogs, everything else. Thunder frogs? Out. Thunder frogs are a bitch. Thunder frogs, yeah. You don't want to fuck with no, thunder frogs. No, you <clears throat> Well, this Ms. Cosgrove, he argued that first... Hatfield couldn't even prove it was him that made it rain. He demanded that Hatfield prove by preponderance of the evidence to me. Preponderance. Mm. That's a and legal, legal term, in term. In legal terms, you know what that means. We we defer to they you. They hired him. Terms. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, when the judge dismissed this burden, the city threatened to sue Hatfield for all the damage resulting from the floods. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, fuck. You ask him to make it rain. He makes it rain. Now they're going to see you. Yeah, never happy. Motherfuckers never happy with anything. So, mm-hmm. any, so Hatfield gets interviewed by the press on February. And he said the damage was not his fault. And the city should have taken adequate precautions. He's got a point. Right out that he had fulfilled the requirements filling the reservoir. And overflowing the reservoir. But the city council still refused to pay him the money. Unless he would accept liability for the damage, which there were already claims were $3.5 million, which was a lot of money back then, 1916. Yes. Now, rather than stick around and be sued and possibly lynched by angry farmers whose crops were now down somewhere in Tijuana, (laughs) they floated all the way down there. Right. Hatfield decided it may be better to just ease out of town quietly, which was what he did on March 3rd, 1916. Now, despite the flood, his reputation as a rainmaker continued to grow. Charles received more contracts for rainmaking. Among other things, in 29, 
He used his rainmaking ability to stop a forest fire in Honduras, Timmy. Your thoughts on that, Brandon? Well, I would tell San Diego to fucking suck it. Yeah, now later, the Bear Valley Mutual Water Company hired him when they wanted to fill Big Bear Lake. Charles decided to leave California soon after the Hatfield flood and spent most of his time on the road, going from town to town, promising to make it rain. Now, although Charles left the West Coast, he refused okay, to give up on his claim. Okay, you're missing Why? He filed a lawsuit, Timmy. A lawsuit, in San Diego. Brandon. A lawsuit. And it continued he for the next 21 years. His wife offered long. to settle the suit for just a measly $4,000, but the city refused. In two trials, the court ruled that the rain was an act of God, which absolved Charles of any wrongdoing, but also meant he did not get his fee. Hmm. Over the next few decades, Charles' secret formula brought rain to Oklahoma, Texas, Arizona. Now, Charles worked through South America for a while. Now, it's pretty easy to make it rain in the rainforest, and then went to the Middle East. Actually, until, That's a trick. Charles, until Charles got down there, Timmy, you know mm -hmm. what they used to call it? What? The desert forest, Timmy. I the see. desert. And then Hatfield went down there and turned it into the rainforest. So now wherever Charles visited, he was able to make it rain. On several occasions now, he was offered a great deal of money for making his rain potion, but he refused to sell it, Timmy. Refused to sell it, Brandon. Yeah. Because he has standards. Mm-hmm. Well, because big corporations, you know how they screw you. You know the guy who invented the, the weed eater? He mm -hmm. got like $32 for it from Sears. Mm. Yeah, that's what the man does to you. Now, by 1932, Charles was 57 years old, and after decades on the road, he decided to settle down in Norman, Oklahoma, Timmy. Norman, Oklahoma. The great town Randy. of Norman, Oklahoma. Of all places. And returned to selling sewing machines. Now, his rainmaking career ended, but his legend endured in the form of pop culture books, songs. And you know what song, Timmy? What songs what? written about him? The great Creedence Clearwater Revival, Timmy. Uh -huh. Rolling on the River. Stop the rain. <laughs> That's very good, Colonel. Now, Hatfield claimed that he had made it rain more than 500 times, but most experts were a little bit skeptical of that claim. They're skeptical, Brandy, as well, experts tend to be, as yeah. they do. They believed that he could just simply have been a great fraud who was even better at forecasting the weather. Now, Charles' story inspired the 1956 Burt Lancaster film, The Rainmaker. Hollywood invite, invited Hatfield to the premiere, but he was too sick to attend. He died of pneumonia in January 12, 1958, Timmy. He was 85 years old. He lived a healthy life. Well, you, uh, your thoughts? Buried mm -hmm. in, in uh, Forest Lawn Memorial Park Cemetery. Yes. Hatfield, he took his rainmaking chemical formula with him to the grave. And whether he was a fraud or a true rainmaker, we will never know. But then one time they called him, Timmy, into, down into Appalachia. Mm -hmm. To help it rain because they was having problems with the tobacco crops and whatnot, the, whatever they do down there. And he did the same thing in San Diego. Damn near washed all the hillsides out. Mm -hmm. It was it was a uh, family called the McCoys, Timmy. 
You know? <laughs> no, that's a different story. Kirk. And this is what started the entire feud. <laughs> no, no, the Hatfield no. McCoy feud. No, that's a different story. We'll get that next time. Okay, okay, Brandy, your final thoughts on Rainmaker Charles Hatfield? Well, I think if he could make it rain, then he should have. He should have. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. He took it on the road, tried to help people, and San Diego fucked him. Uh, Colonel, your final thoughts on Charles Rainmaker Moisture Accelerator Hatfield? You know, I feel a little bit bad for the guy, Timmy. I feel mm. bad. I mean, the guy comes in, he's basically a community servant. Uh-huh. The man was much like Moses, part in the Red Sea. Right. And once he get just a bunch much of like that, for his trouble, you know, and, and I know I, I can. I, I can sympathize with the guy because I've been through these things myself, Timmy. Well, it's like uh, I said, too, too much is given, table. much is required, Colonel. Exactly. And people don't appreciate what you do for them, Timmy. I know. I know. They Colonel. just don't. Yeah. Well, but, you I, know, Timmy, one time I was here at the house, somebody was one of the family members who I will not name since she is now deceased, um, was was incessantly bugging me. And uh, the phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing and ringing. She kept calling. I didn't want to talk to her. And I didn't want to talk to her. And uh, finally, you know, back when the cordless phones were those big, bulky, heavy things, Timmy. Yes. That you had in your house. Uh-huh. And, and, and I had a member of my family come up, a bossy member of my family, come up and toss the phone in my lap as it was ringing and said, are you going to take care of this? And I was sitting on the couch, and from the couch, I threw it through the screen door, Timmy, out onto the porch. <laughs> you see, took care I, of it. I solved the problem, right. and nobody appreciated it. Was this uh, person who wanted you to solve the problem, was that your wife, your lovely bride? At that, at, at that, point, at that point, it was, Timmy, yes. yes. And at that she, point? She had, no, she had no appreciation for the fact that I'm a problem solver, Timmy. Yes. You give me a problem, I'm going to solve it. Yo, he'll solve it, Brandy. <clears throat> White vanilla yeah. ice. Come on now. <laughs> you know, it was like it was like you know what? I got ninety nine problems. Boom through the fucking screen door. Now I got ninety eight. Your exactly. thoughts on that, Brandy? Not how that goes at all. Yeah, you're not well, Jay Z or vanilla ice. Although yeah. you are closer to vanilla ice. He's Colonel Diddy. I'm Colonel Diddy. That's got Colonel Z. I'm Colonel Z. All right. What up, let dog? Me, let me uh, let me give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or just a wee little bit to me. And before we get into thanking our Patreon supporters, we just want to give a shout out uh, to our good friend Nina with uh, Already Gone. Her father is uh, is uh, ill, and we just want you to know we're thinking of you, Nina and Joe. Get Get well soon. You know, Timmy, we have had two dweeb cons. Two yes. dweeb cons. Joe's come to both, and I told Nina. Oh, he's a great guy. It's a yeah. little disheartening because we have a dweeb con. Joe comes down here, and he's a star of the show. He is. He is. He is. Joe's yeah, probably he's the, a good one guy. of the greatest storytellers I've ever, ever met. So yeah. we really so I told her we'd move. I told her we'd move it up if we needed to. So yeah. he could we'll move there. it up to Detroit if we meet, need to to get Joe Yeah. There. So get well, Joe. All right. So we'd like to thank all of you support us on Patreon. That includes 
Jim Seabright. Thank you, Jim. Jim is always very um, generous in his donations. Thank you, Jim. Andrew Scanville, Scanville, Tommy Lane, Aloha, Tommy Lane, our good friend Jason Dykes, Terry Strafford, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Sabota, Per Westman, Maggie Glover, who just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Maggie. Happy birthday, our resident poet, Timmy. Yes. Gracie's mom, Erica Kinney, uh, Hiro. Erica's uh, a lovely our, lady, don't you think, Timmy? I do. I do indeed. Our friends from the Comeback Podcast, uh, L. Uh, K. Bar Anut, Reen, Marissa Albanese, uh, of course, our uh, our dear good friend, uh, Bridget Clavey, uh, Phyllis Munson, Jennifer Riker-Smith, our good buddy Stephen Potts, Anna Garrett, uh, Ben, Ursula, uh, as we mentioned before, Clark and Diane Trowbridge up there in Michigan, Beth Ann Wallen, uh, Michelle Johns, Margaret McDonald, Aaron Turner, Jess, uh, the lovely Leanne Flanagan, Julia, uh, Julia Rodriguez, Mike Sadler, Jamie Dent, Tyrone, Marsha Burris, Stacey Alsop, Jody and Sean Wells, Amber Anderson, uh, our good friends uh, Ben and Rosanna from They Walk Among Us, Lorna Violet, Michael Deo, Kelly Charette, Karen Russell Widener, Callie Jones, the lovely Callie Jones, Lauren Callie Meredith, Jones. Jessica Green. What do you Guido. think Callie's real name is? Do you think it's Callie? I don't know. I you always assume Callie, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll ask her. Uh, Pleasing Terror Podcast with our good friend Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom, and uh, Amber Croup. Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Kimberly Cameron, the attorney, uh, Elise Edrington, History Goes Bump, uh, Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, Lise Lahara Lopes, uh, Alicia and Chip Mincy, uh, Marquia Smith, our good friends Jeff and Don Chestnut, Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Melissa Montoya, Maja, uh, of course, our good friend Karen Garrett, uh, Carol Elise, Christine Malachinsky, Adam McWaters, uh, our good friend uh, Shelly uh, from the Rants and Reasons podcast with Colonel here. Uh, check them out. They uh, This week they had the history of the uh, State of the Union speech, so it was kind of good. Uh, Paula Kimes, The Vanish podcast, uh, Christy Lee and Canadian True Crime. Uh, the Insight Podcast is Charlie and Allie, Angela um, Santos, Lydia Wasson Fisher, Kim Stroop, Nicole Adams, Austin, also known as Mistress Vader, Ron Montesero, Tracy Smith, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, Cheryl LeBlock Weldon, Veronica Marino, Chris Lane, uh, Alex, Elaine, uh, Elaine Baker, Vivi. Uh, Amanda Lup- uh, Lupus, Shannon Arnold, Kimberly Smith, uh, Robin Sherrard, Ruth uh, Keith Whitfield, Casey Kitchens, our good buddy Nick Johnson, Natasha Burris, Julia Bentley, Patty Schmidt, the lovely, of course, our, the lovely Lady Beverly, uh, and of course, Rudy the Wonder Dog. Who you can now follow on Instagram at on Hawk Instagram, Walters. At Hawk yes. Walters. Look up Hawk Walters. It's all Rudy all the time, Timmy. I'm getting ready to post all another. Rudy I'm all fiction, the time. posting baby Rudy today, Timmy. Oh, baby Rudy. 
And of course, my mom, Dottie Scott, who spends her days watching these eviction uh, videos on YouTube. These people are evicted. Yeah, she loves those evictions. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us. And I promise more true crime to come. Please join us in Chicago in July for the True Crime Podcast Fest and, of course, DweebCon in October. For more details, come to our Facebook group, History Dweebs, the podcast. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Good day. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.